Hey, this is Jason Robinson, the senior pastor at Church of the King, and I am so pumped up that you are hanging out with us today on our podcast. I pray that God really speaks to you today and that you are inspired and encouraged to take on this life for Jesus. I want to encourage you to go on over to our website at cotk.org so you can keep up to date with everything going on. But you can only learn so much through a website and a podcast. Man, we'd love to meet you. Man, come check us out on one of our weekend services. Uh, You can see all of that online as well. So God bless you, and I hope this word ministers to you today. Well, it is summertime. Somebody say hallelujah, Jesus. It is summertime, and uh, I am I am kicking my I, I'm going with the chill summer look today, just to celebrate uh, summertime. So, uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but I am so glad it's summer. My wife and I, we when we bring our kids, we have three kids and three I have four kids. One's in college, but I have three that are in three different schools, and so we start picking up kids and bringing kids to school at 6.30, and we finish somewhere around 8.30. So it's about two hours long of dropping kids off in different areas. And so I am loving, and I am so glad that it is, it is summertime. So, but that last week that goes into summer, it's kind of a big week. That week, is a, it's a little stressful. And one of the reasons why it's a little stressful is why. Anybody know why? Because the final... The final exams. See, some of you, are, you're too far removed. You don't remember, okay? Final exams or tests. Let me ask something about tests real quick, okay? How many of you here, you're the type of person that you didn't really need to study for tests too much? You just listened and whatever they told you, you did really good on tests and you made A's and stuff. If that's you, just raise your hand real quick. We don't like you, okay? Any of you people, we, we don't like you people, all right? We don't, it, it doesn't work that way uh, for us. So I am messing with you a little bit. I mean, I'm not trying to be prideful, but full disclosure, uh, I graduated in the top 10% um, of the lower one-third of my class, uh, my my senior, just just full disclosure, you know, out there. So anyway, but I had this thing that I just thought, I don't know, I thought academics kind of got in the way of my social life. I don't know how any of you guys felt about that, just kind of this annoying thing that just kept coming around. So Anyway, as we come to the end with exams and tests, speaking of tests, there's a story I heard once of this college student. This is a great story. And this college student, he said he was going to be a zoologist, okay? So he wanted to work in the zoo. And he, was, he had one particular class where he was studying about birds. And I wrote this down because I surely wasn't going to remember the name of the study of birds, but he was taking a ornithology class is what it, what, it, what it is. And so he was taking that and it came to the very end. He was taking his final exams. And so he studied everything he could about birds. He studied about, okay, their mating seasons and what did this type eat and what did this type do? And this is found in this part of the world and study for hours upon hours upon hours, just getting ready for this test. And so as he's getting ready for it, it gets closer. And finally it gets to the day after hours of studying Professor comes in with a box. He puts the box down and he takes out two, it's a replica of legs, of the legs of a one bird, one bird, just the legs of one bird. And he puts it down and goes, now I want everyone to come walk around and take a look at, the, at these birds' legs. And so everyone walks around and looking at the legs, the birds. And then he sits down and goes, now I want you to take out a sheet of paper and I want you, here's your final exam, Write down the name of this bird just by looking at its legs. Guy studied for hours, was furious. 
He was like, are you kidding me? You mean I studied over and over and over and hours and hours just so I could look at one bird's legs? He gets so mad, he stands up in the middle of class. He goes, this is ridiculous. And he starts to walk out of the class. The professor stops and says, excuse me, sir. Uh, what's the problem? He goes, I'll tell you what the problem is. I studied for hours and hours and days. And all this, and all you did was put a bird's legs standing there and we supposed to name it. This is ridiculous. Starts to storm out. P professor stops and says, excuse me, sir. One more thing. What's your name? Student looked at him, turned around, looked at the professor, pulled up his pants legs. He goes, I don't know. You tell me my name. And he left. <laughs> Students don't try that at home. All right. Let me tell you, it makes for a good story, but not good grades. That's for sure. So <laughs> anyway, but this is what this is. This is what I do know about exams and about tests. A good teacher, a great teacher, will let you know what's on the test. Matter of fact, this is interesting, but I've learned this, that in school, you learn a lesson and then you take a test. But in life, you usually take a test, then learn a lesson. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's much different. But a good teacher will help you know and help you study and help you know what's on that study guide so that you know the answers that are coming up once you see the question. That's what a good teacher does. Matter of fact, I want to take a moment. We have a lot of teachers, we have a lot of coaches, and we have a lot of administrators who work in our school system that go to our church. Can we just give it up for them real quick? Man, you did it. You made it past another year. Great job, great job. We appreciate you helping shape their lives. We really do. Uh, but you know, I want to be a good pastor. I want to be a good pastor to you. And I would not be a good pastor to you if I didn't prepare you for a test that's the most important test you'll ever take in your life or in eternity. There's a test that's coming that every single one of us will face, that every single one of us will stand before. And if I'm going to be a good pastor, I have to make you ready for that test. You have to be ready for this one. You know, there, there's a lot of good things I could talk about. I could talk about God's with us and he's for us, and I believe that. I could talk about healing, and, and I know God does that. I could break down all kinds of different things in scriptures, and you know we do that. I could talk to you about the power of the Holy Spirit. I could talk to you about marriage. I could talk to you about a lot of things, but God forbid if when all this life is said and done that I did not prepare you for the most important test that you've ever had. Matter of fact, I would even say this, that if you forget anything I've said, over all the time that you've come here, don't forget what we're going to talk about today. Because there is a test. There is a test in eternity that all, every single one of us will, will face. The Bible actually says it this way. He calls it a judgment. And I want to talk a little bit uh, about that today. I want to talk about a test. And it's, uh, it's actually this. It's only really a two-question test. That's it. That's it. But I want you to know what the two questions are. And I want you to know how to answer those two questions in eternity, because these are going to be the two most important. Scripture alludes to this test, talks about this moment in Romans 14. Paul's writing to the Roman church, and this is what he says in verse 10 and 12. He says, for we will all stand before the judgment seat. It is, and it is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account 
of ourselves to God. Each one of us will. That none of us, it says here, for we all will stand before Jesus. We'll all stand before God and, and we will have to give an account for our life. And really, when you start digging into Scripture and you look at different, uh, I'm going to give you a couple big theological uh, terms and ideas, but I'm going to break it down simply so you can understand it. And what we see in Scripture is that it's two different judgment seats or two different tests. The first one is this. It's the great white throne judgment. So we'll stand before two. Okay, two, two question tests. Here's, here's the first test. The first judgment that we stand before is the great white throne throne uh, judgment. And this is what, what the Bible says about that. In Revelations 20, it says this, it says, then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. And in verse 15, it says, anyone whose name was not found in the book of life was thrown into the lake of, of fire. So, so here it is, the first test. The first test is, is the test of the book of life. Is your name in the book of life? And it, it's a one question test. And this is it. Here's the first test. Here you go. I want to be a good pastor to you. I want you to know what's on it. I don't want you to get to heaven. I don't want you to get to eternity and you don't know this. And here's the first question this. What'd you do with Jesus? What'd you do with my son, Jesus? What did you do with Jesus? That's, that's the first question. The first one there in, in Matthew 7, it says, it says this. It says, not everyone who calls out to me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, that's a problem because that was my plan. I've shared stories about how when I got saved at a young age, but all I really remember is growing up in church. And see, it's an interesting thing. I remember I was 15 years old. My parents bought me my Bible. It's an NIV Bible, life application, NIV Bible, 15 years old. A lot of times when I just quote scripture just randomly, uh, it usually is in the NIV because that's what I've read most of, of my life. I've since gone into different versions and stuff to just read and grow and expand my, my learning and my growing. But I remember being 15 years old, start reading the Bible, and someone told me, said, what you do is go read the red first. Everything in red is what Jesus said. And, and in my Bible, it's, it's the same way. Everything that's in red, that's what Jesus So go read what Jesus says. That was a pretty good idea, Okay. So I'm going to read that. So I start reading, and I get to this Matthew chapter 7, and I'm going to be honest with you. This scripture scared me. It did. Man, it, it scared me. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of the Father. Come on, y'all. Y'all know somebody that likes to say stuff, but they don't actually do it? Well, you ever have somebody that hadn't worked out in 15 years, but they're going to tell you how to actually do it? Come on, you have someone that, that, that may have never bought a house before, but they're going to they're tell you how you actually do it. Hey, have you ever bought a house before? No, I've never before, but this is how you do it. I had a good friend of mine always try to tell me how church should be run when I was younger. He was like, churches should be run like this. And I was like, man, what are you talking about? He, goes, he said, he said, 
It should be run the Greek Orthodox way is the way it's supposed to be done. And a friend of mine said, well, how is that done? He goes, I don't know. I've never seen it before. But that's the way it should be actually done. But here in Scripture, Jesus is saying, only those who actually do the will of the Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. See, it wasn't about knowing what to do. It's about knowing the person of Jesus. See, I grew up in church. So I knew church, but I didn't always know Jesus. I didn't know the relationship with God, but I knew how church worked. I knew how many songs we were going to do. I knew when sister so-and-so was going to do this. I knew when brother so-and-so was going to do that. I knew when they go take up the offering and do that. And then somebody would always say, this one's spontaneous, but it isn't spontaneous because they do it every week, you know. And I went through the whole thing. I knew how it all broke down and who did what, when, and all these different things. I knew church, but it wasn't about knowing church. It's about knowing God. And I grew up in one of them old school churches, y'all, where like, I mean, the pastor preached on hell like he was born and raised there, man. He was. He did. And I'll never forget, man. Look, once a year on a Wednesday night, they would play this movie. And the goal of the movie was to scare the living out of you. Was the goal. And the name of the movie, I'm about to, some of y'all, not, y'all, some of y'all have no idea what I'm talking about. There are going to be a handful of you that are going to know of this moment. They would play A Thief in the Night. Come on, who knows, who's ever heard of a thief in the night? Come on, a few of you. The rest of you, don't look it up. Trust me, just don't look up. Bad acting, the whole nine. It was 70s stuff, and it was the second coming of Christ, and they sang this song. There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come, and you've been left behind. (laughs) And then they would always watch another movie. It's called Image of the Beast was the other one. And they would show all this terrible special effects you know, paper mache back then, you know, of like these demons, you know, little string hanging on by, you know, on the screen in the back. But it was, I'm nine years old. They'd bring the whole church in. I'm nine years old and I'm listening to all this going on. And, and, and they would get at the very end, the pastor would get up and say, if you don't want to go there, run to this altar right now and surrender to Jesus Well, I'm no dummy, all right? I know I'm right with Jesus. Why? Because once a year, after thief in the night, your boy ran down the aisle as fast as he could, fell down on our face, and I got right with Jesus, you know? But it wasn't about knowing and loving Jesus. It was about fear of other things. And I don't want to go to hell and all that. And man, even though I know the question, matter of fact, if you would have asked me the question when I was nine, 10 years old, what did you do with Jesus? I would have been, I would have said, you know, I would have said the right thing. I said a prayer for him to come in my heart. That's what I said. But I knew the stuff to do, but I didn't, as scriptures say, actually do. I didn't actually, actually know him. So one day I'm riding home after a youth camp. That's why I'm so big about youth camp. So big about it because 
getting yourself and your kids in an environment where God can grab a hold of their heart can change everything. It's worth it. So I was at a camp and God did an amazing thing. And I was riding on the way home from on the bus. And I remember having this honest conversation with myself. I said, God, I don't want to go back home and do, go back to the old way. I don't want that. God, I want to actually know you. That's what I want. That's what I want. And that was really the moment where I began to really know and build a relationship with God the Father, that he loves me and that I, I know him. So here it is. So the, so the first question is, what do you do with Jesus? And he, here's your answer, okay? Okay, class. Here's your answer. I gave my life to him. I know him. I gave my everything to him. I know him. The answer for the, for the white throne judgment is, it, it's, it's all about, do you know Christ? What did you do with, with Jesus? And by the way, this is important. You can't do anything to earn salvation. You can't do anything to be, hey, well, uh, what did you do with Jesus? Well, I don't know about Jesus, but I did pretty good in my life. No, you're in trouble. All right, you couldn't do anything to win the grace of God. It's the grace of God and the grace of God only that brings us to me. It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. We couldn't earn our way to him. Matter of fact, the difference between Christianity and every other religion is every other religion says you have to do these things to get to God. God says, I know you can't do these things, so I'm gonna send my son Jesus to come to you. And he came to us. And we didn't earn it. We can't stand before him and say, okay, if I have one good deed more than bad deeds, then I outweigh. No, no, no. There's only one way to cry to God, and that's through Jesus. It's the white, white throne job. What'd you do with Jesus? I, I surrendered. My, I gave my life to him. I, I know him. But there's a second question. There's a second question. There's actually a sec. We have the white throne judgment. We see in Scripture there's the, the second part of, of, of your exam. And this is going to help make some things make sense. And it's this one. It's the judgment seat of Christ. Now, this seat is, and this test is for Christians. They've accepted Christ as their personal Savior. They love God. They're walking with God. And this is what Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5, 10. It says, for we must all appear, all appear. That means all of us. Before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us, may receive what is due for, for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, this may help make sense for some of us because when you're reading the Bible or you're coming to church, sometimes you're hearing, you know, it's just grace. It's nothing but grace. It's Jesus plus nothing. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. It's what he's doing. It's what he's about. It's about Jesus. Oh, that's it. Grace, Jesus, th th it. And then you read some other things in scriptures, and it's like, you reap what you sow. Faith without works is dead. God's giving you talent. Did you bury it, or did you use it? Did it all these different things, and it sometimes feels like there's a tension. There's not a tension. There's two tests. There's two judgments. One is, it's about, did you accept Christ? Are you going to, it is an eternity question. Are you going to heaven or not? The other one is, is this, and here's, and here's the question for the second part, your second question class of the test is this. What'd you do with what I gave you? That's what this seat's all about. What'd you do with what I gave you? What'd you do with it? Because 
I, I gave you so much stuff. I gave you so much opportunity. I gave you so many gifting, so much talent. By, by the way, anything that you think you have, you don't have it. The Bible says this, that the earth is the Lord's and everything that's in it, that's even your watch. It's all of it. And in his wisdom and guidance, he gifted it to you. So if you have a spouse, if you're married and you have a spouse, guess what? God gave you that spouse. What are you doing with it? We're going to answer to that. If you have children in here, the Bible says that kid, your children are a gift from the Lord. You're like, Pastor, you don't know my kids. <laughs> What'd you do with that? Some of you, you have an amazing ability to lead people well. What are you doing with that? Well, God gives me that gifting. Yes, he does. And he gives you all this gifting and all these things. Not for, for you, yes, so that you can take care of yourself, take care of your family. Absolutely. But it's not just for you. It's for the kingdom's sake. Matter of fact, scripture says this, seek first the kingdom. And all the other things will be added unto you. Many times we think we seek, and I do this too, I seek Jason first. <laughs> And then, oh, let the things uh, go back, go to God from there. And scriptures say in here that our second test is going to be, what did you do with, with what I gave you? What would you do with it? Matthew 16, 27 says this, For the Son of Man came, is going to come in the Father's glory with his angels. By the way, we believe in the second coming of Christ, that he's going to come back one day to take his church, to take the people who believe him, that know him the glory with the angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Some of you in here, you have an amazing ability to help generate wealth. You just have a mind to just work things out and figure things out. I want you to know that it's awesome that you have that. Man, I hope it takes care of all you need. You have a blast and all that, but also I want you to know it's not just for you. It's for the kingdom. Why? The title of our message, so that they might know you. So they might know him. That we're using our gifts. Me, let, let me tell you, I got a personality. God, God gave me a personality where I just talk to anybody. I will. And, I, and I've learned, I'm not perfect at all this, but, but I learned to use that for, for the kingdom's sake. I was, this past week, I was going to a, a swim meet. And it lasts seven days long, this swim meet. And every swim meet pastor, uh, parent said, what? Said, Lord, say, say amen or oh my, I wanted to, because it was rough. And I'm sitting there. As I'm sitting there, there's parents all around me, nobody talking to each other. I'm like, my goodness gracious, this ain't going to work. So I look over at this one guy, I say, hey man, what's your name? We start talking, all this stuff, we get talk, going, hey, and he asked me, hey, where are you from? I said, I'm from New Orleans. I said, but I moved here about four years ago, love being here, love it here. And we start talking and stuff, and I try to, we try to use that to, to join conversation. And, and, I, and for all my out there personality types, um, I'm going to give you a little, a little tip. This is what I do. It's like, all right, y'all ready for this one? I always say this. So what moved you here? Because they're going to tell me what moved them here. And then what's the kind thing to do? Oh, well, what moved you here? And I'll be like, oh, Wow. I'm so surprised you asked me that question. Oh, whatever will I say? I was a youth pastor for 20 years, and I moved over here with 50 people, and we started a church, and things are going great. Going to services, moving into a new building. It's awesome, and if you ain't got nowhere to go, you can come 9, 30, 11, 15. What you think? 
Actually, I don't do it quite like that, but we get going in conversation stuff, and, and, and you know, but maybe you're out there. That's not, that's not the way you're built. That's not the, the, the gifting God gave you. Maybe you're more of an introvert, and you're, like, you're a behind-the-scenes person. Do you know? You can give that to Christ, too. You can build the kingdom with that. Maybe you're the type that maybe you just have two or three friends, and you do a little Bible study with those two or three friends, or, man, they, they know that, man, you are a friend that sticks closer than a brother or a sister, and they know that no matter what happens, no matter what hits the fan, that you're going to be there for them, and you become an anchor to so many people around you because they know, I can trust that person. Even, and you, like, you think your quietness is, is, oh, I wish I was more like that person. No, no, we need a lot of people like you because you, you're the one that gets a lot of stuff done behind the scenes. No, give that. What, what did you do with what I gave you? What would you do? And we'll stand there. It's not a heaven or hell issue. It's not. But it is a reward issue. It is. And this is what it's basically asking. What did you do with what I gave you? This is it. Did you make a difference for eternity? That's what it means. That's what the question's all about. Did you make a difference with your life? Did you make a difference with eternity? You know, there's something on the inside of all of us that want to make an impact with our life. In all my years of being a pastor, I never went up to anybody surveying, talking, and saying, hey, what do you want to do with your life? Hey, I got a couple of things right here. Hey, check number eight, loser. That's what I'm looking to do. I've never heard anybody say that. But what impact did we make for, for eternity? Yes, the gift God gives, he's given it for you, but he's given it not just for you to enjoy, but also to build eternity. What are you giving towards e- Eternity. 1 Corinthians 3.13 says this. The one day when we stand before God and we have all these talents and all these gifts and all these things we've accumulated over time, it's going to say this. It says, but on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. I really think there's two types of fires. There's the circumstance fire that when stuff gets pressed and you and I get pressed and things get hot and difficult and challenging, we find out what we really believe. By the way, parents, if, you're, if a student, one of your students come up to you and they start questioning things about God and the Bible, what it say, don't let that freak you out. Let me tell you what's actually happened. They're starting to build their own faith. So don't let them get caught up in YouTube land. Start guiding them on what to believe and why and, and give them this testimony about what God's doing and what God told you and what you've learned through the whole thing. And if you're like, Pastor Jay, God hadn't told me much. I've only been doing this for three weeks. Well, tell him what he's done in the last three weeks. Just start building in that. Why? Because why? The, there's the fire of that, that we find out what you truly believe. It's easy to say what you believe in when everything's easy. When it gets hard and it squeezes, we find out what's there. We find out. Then there's another fire, though. It's eternity. All this stuff, all these accomplishments, all these goals, all these things that have accumulated. The Bible says it will go through the fire. And wood, hay, and stubble will be burnt up. And eternity will see what was of actual value that we did. It's, it's the, second, the second test. What, what did you do with my life? Class? Y'all ready for the answer? Here it is. I gave everything I can. I gave everything I am to make an impact for eternity. I made a difference 
for eternity. I took my singing gift and I, I did my best to make an impact for eternity. Hey, I, I didn't know what I could do, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, but I, I love just helping and serving. And so I, I made a difference for eternity. Hey, people don't know, but I've paid for people's missions trips. I've done those things. I made, an, I made an impact for eternity. I did my best I could with the gift you gave me to make an impact. I tried to use my personality to, to draw people to Christ. And let them know that God is, he, he loves you and he's not mad at you, that it's his kindness that leads you to repentance. I've tried to do that. Maybe you're here and you're like, I, I, I didn't know, I just, I just file things. And pastor, I, I, you talk about doing things for eternity. I mean, I'm just real organized and I can just kind of file things and put things together and bring order to it. That's not really of eternal value. Yes, it is. Let me mess up all y'all's giving statements at the end of the year. You're going to be like, we need someone gifted in filing in Jesus' name. What difference did it make for, for eternity? Man, I'm just serving kids in the back. I'm just, I'm just babysitting. Hold up, we don't babysit here. We do, we do ministry to, our, to the next generation here. Matter of fact, can I tell you what I believe the key to revival in, this, in our area, in Katy particular is? I believe it's next generation ministry. I believe it. This week, two different people. I talked to two people. And I was doing the whole, you know, drawing them, talking to them, personality-wise, doing all that. And each one of them, can I tell you what each one of them told me? Each one of them told me this. I said, I said hey, so you know, go to, do you go to church somewhere? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Two people. We don't like our church. But we go because the kids do. Two. I'm telling you this. I'm just watching kids in the back. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. You're making a difference for eternity back there. You're setting up and you're tearing down. You're setting up an environment for people to come and they can worship God. I was on the way out and there was a lady who, who had worked in administration at a church for years, an older lady. I, I don't know how long. She just started coming to the church for the last two, three weeks. And she said, they're going to be gone. She said, Pastor, I've worked in mobile church and done all this stuff. Y'all do a lot here. I'm like, yes, ma'am, we do. She goes, but it looks great. Tell them they're doing a great job. You're making a difference for eternity. What did he give you? And what did he give you? And what are you doing with it? That's the, that's fine. And so I want to give you something super practical because I like to be practical with things. I'm going to give you just a couple ways you can make a difference. Just real quickly is this. First of all, you make a difference with what you have, not what you don't have. God's not going to ask you to give something that, that, that you don't have. But let me just give you a couple of things that you do have that you can give. The first one is this. You can do this. You can give an example. You can be an example that draws people closer to Christ. Please don't be one of those Christians where it's just like, how's, that, how's it going? Spiritual warfare. It's tough. Man, so, so okay, cool. You're doing all right? Man, look, uh, the pastor said something about you should invite people to church. So, uh, man, you want to come to church so you can be like me? <laughs> First thing you can give is be an example. I'll tell you one of the greatest things I have on my side. Every morning I woke up, every morning as a kid, and I walked into the den, and there was my dad reading his Bible, and crying out to Jesus for my family. 
that's better than anything, any inheritance he could give me, was being that example. I remember one time, I'll never, I'll never forget this, it's like etched in me. About stay in your word. My, my dad, they were part of a, they had a little building project and they were like purchasing chairs. And so my dad committed to purchasing the chairs for the church. And then some stuff went down with the church, church split, it was just a mess and and my dad was one that they just, they moved on. And so I, showed, I came to the house. I had moved out because I was uh, living in New Orleans at the time. I was a youth pastor, young, 20, 21 years old. I walk in, and my mom's flustered, and my dad's writing a check. And I said, what's going on? He goes, I'm writing a check for the chairs. And, and I said, Dad, you don't even go there anymore. He goes, son, I made a commitment to God and his church, not a man. i got to keep my commitment. I'm like, geez, I gotta follow up that. <laughs> just, just, just the grace. One of the grace is your example, and the second thing you can give, and I'll close with this, is your resources. Now, when I say resources, everybody first goes to money. It is money, yeah, that does matter, but it's not it. Your your finances, your time. Matter of fact, you know what I found in our culture? Our culture, time's more valuable than even money. Sometimes it's easier to write a check than it is to actually do something. Time and then, and then your talent, what we talked about. Our time, our treasure, our talent. You can give. What can we give when we, when we stand before God? I want to be a good pastor to you. I don't want you to get to the final exam, the most important exam, and you don't know the answers to the question. And you don't even know what the question is. What did you do with Jesus? And what did you do with what he gave you. Why does it matter what he gave me, pastor? It matters so the world will know the love and the goodness and the faithfulness of Jesus. That this world know, we know this world needs Jesus, but this world doesn't know it needs Jesus. It knows it needs something, but it doesn't know it needs Jesus. How is it going to know? It's only going to know if we let, let your light so shine in me that people see the good works, the things that he's given us that draws people to Christ. I look around the room, and I've met most of you. I haven't met everyone, but there's people in here from California. There's people in here from North Carolina. There's people here from Louisiana. There's people here from Oklahoma. There's people from all over. And of course, we got good old Texans up in here. And we have a few Katieites up in here. Like you were here before all this stuff was. You know it was bad whenever I drove by the, the, the water tower and they had the, the, the geese up there, the, you know, and they're flying. And I'm like, why would they? That's stupid. Why would they paint that up there? And then someone told me the history behind it, that this was one of the top places to go hunting for one of those things. And I was like, oh, they're not stupid. I'm stupid. Why would God take you from your comfort, take you from all over and bring all this smorgasbord to people and drop you right here at Beckendorf Junior High off of Fry Road? Why? So the world might know who he is. So our neighbors will know who he is. 
And let me tell you, we are plan A. There is no plan B. We're it. Why are we building a building? So the world will know that we're not a fly by night, that God's doing something amazing and we're a part of it. Why? So we might have a home to reach more people, build more lives, see more kids be prayed over, see more people graduate and we send them off into their God-given destiny to see governing officials be raised up, pastors and teachers and singers and all that. Why do we, because we're going to give our gift and everything we have to the kingdom so the world might know that Jesus saves. That's why we're here. It would be irresponsible of me to not take a moment and go back to this first judgment before we leave here, before I let you go. Maybe you're here and you've not, you don't know Jesus. This is a crazy thought, but maybe you've known church and you've known tradition, but you don't really know God. I want to give you an opportunity. I want to pray for you in just a second. You may even say, I've said that prayer before, but let this prayer be a springboard into you knowing Jesus. The Bible says that we've all sinned, fallen short of God's glory. We all have. We've all messed up. And the Bible says that the wages, the cost, what it, the payment of that sin, Romans 6, 23, it's death. But the, but the gift of God, what's the gift of God? It's Jesus. When he came, John 3, 16, he came and he died upon a cross. He took on your sin and my sin so that when he died, sin died with him and the ultimate payment was there. And, and now here's the big question. Do you know Jesus today? I'm not asking if you know tradition or church or anything like that. I'm asking, do you know Christ? Maybe you haven't. Today, I wanted to give you an opportunity to. I just want to say a simple prayer with you. And that's really just the beginning of the journey of knowing Christ. But, but let me at least do that with you. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Jay, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know Jesus, but I want to before I leave here today. I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to lift up your hand. And you can put it right back down. Because I want to know who I'm praying for. Say, Pastor Jason, I'm here today, and I, I don't know if I have a relationship with God, or I know I don't have a relationship with God, but I want to before I leave here today. When I count to three, raise your hand real high if that's you. One, two, three. Anyone in here, you can lift your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I know. I, I need to know him. I need to know him. You can put your hand back down. For you that raised your hands, I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to ask you to repeat it after me. Then after the prayer, I'm going give, to give a little bit of instruction, next steps for you. And I know God's going to come and he's going to meet you right where you are. Forgive you of your sin. And you can know him and walk with him. I'm going to say this prayer. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. But I'm going to ask all our church, everybody, let's all say this together. Let's do this together. Let's say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I need you. Forgive me for my sin. Come into my heart and take my life. I give you my past give you my present and future from this day on I belong to you in Jesus name amen can we give a hand for all those people who just said that prayer just now so proud of you two quick things if you said that prayer if y'all notice we started putting our connection cards on the chair uh, this can serve as a lot of different things uh, you can just put your name on here and if you said that prayer right over here behind it it has 
two different spots where I prayed to become a Christ follower or I prayed to renew my commitment to Christ. You can just write your name and check that off. On the way out, we have a bucket right here on the back where you can drop it in there. By that bucket is actually one of these boxes that says your new life in Christ. Just take it. We want you to take it. It's free. It's on us. It has a couple things in here uh, that we think is going to help you get started on your journey to knowing God. By the way, on this card as well, there's all kinds of things on the back. My next steps, if you want to discover, Pastor, my biggest problem is I don't know what my gift is. We help you do that in our next step class. You can sign up right here and just check right back here. I want to join a group. I want to join a small group. I want to join a serve team, whatever. And here's a big one. We have a very vibrant uh, pray, prayer team. They're always communicating with one another. On the back here, if you need somebody to pray with you about something, you can just write here on a prayer request. Even if you don't know, want us to know who you are, you don't have to do that. You can just put that on there. We'll make sure the prayer team gets it, and then we're praying for you throughout out the week. So why don't you guys go ahead and stand up. I'm going to pray for you and dismiss you in just, just a moment. If you're part of the prayer team, you guys come on down to the front. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be here for you to pray and believe and agree with you about anything you may have. But let me bless you today. Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you, Lord God, for them. God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you brought them here. You've planted them here, Lord God. And Lord God, you brought us together so that the world might know your name. God, I pray that you would shine through us, Lord God. I pray the gift of God, God, that, that would just be stirred up in each person today, Lord God. Father, I just pray the way, the truth, the life, that, that you wouldn't just give us life, but it says in your word, that you have Zoe life, life more abundantly, Lord God. I pray that would be on display for our community and our world to see, Lord Jesus. Father, I bless your people today. I pray your favor would surround them like a shield. God, we'd extend the kingdom in all we do, and I bless people today, Lord God. I bless them, Lord God. Let them know your form. And God, I pray there's somebody in here that need to hear this, that you're not done with them. You're not even close. What has seemed like a denial is actually just a delay and a little bit of a detour. And you go through this little delay, little detour, and he's going to walk you through the whole thing and get you right back on. This, is part, this, isn't, this isn't off of your destiny. It's part of the story God's given for you. And so, Father, I pray that people will receive that, Lord Jesus. We love you, God. We praise you and we honor you today in Jesus' name. And one last time, we say loud and strong. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand real quick. Love you guys. Y'all have a great Memorial Day weekend. And if you need prayer, we're up here for you.